Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Road to Rank 1 podcast. I'm your co-host Jack and I'm joined by my fellow host Spurjo. How are you doing mate? Good, good, good. Can you get into a bit of Supercoach? So this episode will be recapping the talking points from the final trials as well as getting into the team structure and where we should be spending our cash. But before we get into it, I'll give a rundown into our plans with the podcast for the rest of the year. We'll be releasing pods every Wednesday morning following the release of team lists. Extra content will also be available on our Instagram and Twitter, which are both found at the handle Road to Rank 1 with the numbers 2 and 1. We'll also be including questions and scenarios that have been sent in from listeners at the back end of every episode, so our DMs always open and questions will often be spoken about on the pod. However, podcasting isn't ever-changing and we love to hear the feedback from you guys, so make sure that to keep improving, we can build a community through the help of you guys. So pretty much, Berger, we'll just get into it now and we'll start chatting about the trials. And the first one we've got was the Paranites game on the coast. And the big talking point from this one is the para back row, I'd say, and what they're going to look like there. And we don't really know what it's going to look like, but Sean Lane out for four to six weeks, I believe. So he'll probably be missing the first month of footy. Where do you see yourself starting with this back row pending team list? Well, first of all, Sean Lane, one of my favourite pods from last year. He uh, brought him back in in, in, in uh, round 17 for that buy. Absolutely killed it for me. So um, sucks that he's out. I know Spy from Playbook was really interested in him. So, you know, it means he's got more cash to play with now. But, yeah, so that, that really sucks for Para as well in terms of their stocks as a premiership contender. But, yeah, that um, hurts them early. Yeah. And in terms of their back row and how I think it makes up is Hopgood's a lock for sure. And... Um, you got to get him in your side. Should be 100% owned. He'll get you 65 to 70 week in, week out, especially until Maddo's back. Mm. And then on the edges, guess is as good as mine, but I like the look of Murchie through the middle in that set, when, um, in that trial because, I don't know, he was quick. He created, created playable speed. So I think they might go with him off the bench. And from there, I think if Dory's fit, he's on that right edge. And just because Momoisea came straight on for Lane, and it wasn't Murchie, I think Momoise will be that left edge. And I think they're both pretty strong super coach options until Maddo's back. Momoise with that duel is also very handy. Mm. I, I feel as though Murchie might start round one back row, especially if Dory isn't fit. Mm. Because yeah. I, think, I think the males that Dory may be one out two. round one with that ankle. Yeah. So I think if he's not there... I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Murchie on an edge just out of necessity to start. Bross Cartwright. I reckon there's a chance Bross Cartwright sneaks in, but probably off the bench for him. So maybe you're right, Murchie does start. I, I, I just I feel as though they're not going to give Cartwright a gig at back yeah. row for one week. Mm. But that that is all pending team list, and we're going to know a lot more come Tuesday. Well, Matto's round four, right? Yeah, he misses three games. Yeah, okay. He misses three games, so... Well, we will know a lot more on Tuesday, mm. and it's hard to sort of speculate on that now. However, I think if Dory is round round one fit, you have to two thirty four. You have to give it him yeah. the gig in your side. But yeah, we we don't know enough there now to sort of speculate on it too much. Mm. The other big talking point, and what we were looking at, was Kalen Ponger and whether he was going to be goal kicking. Mm. He didn't goal kick, but killed me when I saw Hastings lining up. That kick killed me. He, he, really he was warming up kicking though, wasn't he? I heard that before the games he was goal kicking as well as Hastings. So. I'd say it's still a race. I'd say it's still whoever, if Hastings isn't kicking him straight, then Pong will probably get a gig. But 
I just Hastings a good kicker. He's yeah. better. Assuming that Ponga doesn't kick, is there any chance with the Schuster injury with a five eight spot open? Do you see yourself considering Ponga at five eight? Definitely considering him. He's he's a game breaker. He can score you a ton, but the numbers at five eight weren't good. It was like forties and sixties from a couple of years ago, and not too keen on that. Like. He doesn't have that base. Yeah, he can break tackles but and create tries, but the Knights are going to be clunky. It's new combinations. I don't know how it's all going to work. I think it's a perfect watch and wait. Although the draw is really good, I'm just going to sit back and watch Pong up because you and I have both been burnt by him for about three years in a row now. So I don't know if I can go there. I, I just keep going back myself. But I just, yeah. I just think with the Schuster injury... It opens up a chance potentially at five eight. It's sexy to, to give a guy like Ponga or Brimson that has that yeah. really good first four weeks, give them a go, and if it doesn't work, round five you move straight down to Schuster. But at the same time, a move like that it can put you behind. If well, they if they throw up a couple thirties for you, mm-hmm. you, you're hurting yourself there with points that you could be banking with one of these mid range second rowers. Well, you can't sit him against uh, the good options, the good matchups that he has. But it's good that you mentioned the mid-range back rowers. Is I, and I saw it on the Supercoach Hub last night, that it's much better to probably go for a Wilton, Egan Butcher, near Kore, Kelmatoangi, over Ponga, purely because it, it saves you money and it's a lot less risky. Yeah, it's tough because I look at 5'8 right now and I don't want to start with Joshua Starr. I I want to give someone a go and have him as a fullback option when that sort of risk yep. doesn't potentially pay off. But outside of Adam Dewey at 5'8", we're going to talk about Matt Burton later, but I don't love any other option. I don't think if Schuster's there, I don't think there's really anyone else I can go to. Mm. Yeah. So I, it's, it's tough there, but I don't, I don't think Ponga is a guy that we can potentially start with. There's too many question marks there. We, we don't know how long he's even going to be on the field for. Watch and wait. Trades are valuable. Yeah, exactly. Ponga, he could create two trades that you're just going to have to burn. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see it being as perfect of an option as it seems. Ponga is a very, he's a sexy option. Like, you want him in there, he can score you a ton. You can throw the captain on him, get heaps of points, but there's just so much risk, and the amount of times he's burnt me, I can't do it. it it just doesn't work. I think teams are going to be bringing a lot of attention his way as well. Mm, like yeah, yeah. Defensively, we he's, he's going to have to do a lot of work. We saw that on, on uh, in this trial game where Parra was sending, sending people left, right and centre and um, he just can't handle it, really. Like, he's a, he's a tough boy, but, like, you, when you're that small, you can't do that much, especially when you've got your looming concussion issues too. And just just quietly, I know we're going to speak about Nick Corre later, but... He runs a Kalimpong around one. I, f- I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I potentially think that's big, big for Nick or if he can, he can score early in that one. That's big. But anyway, we'll get on to the Manly Roosters game, which probably had even more super coach implications mm-hmm. in this one. Mm-hmm. The Roosters didn't look good. Teddy no. didn't look good. Do you think he is someone you have to have in your side? For me, yeah. I think he's over 40% owned. He is probably the number one captain option round one. Um, Definitely. He works really hard. The first three games aren't, um, are all really good. He plays power round three, which is a pretty decent option. And then he's got Dolphins Warriors, which is just amazing. Um, the Roosters, they'll get Kiri back. They'll get Walker back. 
I'm not reading too much into this trial because it was a trial and there was no Kiri or Sam Walker, who I think are pivotal that side, especially Kiri. Kiri is the key. Kiri's fit. They look a different side. Yeah, hundred percent. They win games. Um, if Kiri's fit, and obviously we'll get Angus Crichton, but Angus Crichton becomes very, very sexy on that left edge outside him. The thing for me with Teddy, the first two games, I don't, I don't know if I can watch those games. So I don't. Yeah. I, I really, I really want to start with Scott Drinkwater. Yeah. But. The thing is, from round three onwards, I would rather drink it than Teddy. Mm. And the thing is, how valuable are trades and can I afford or can anyone potentially afford to be planning a trade for round, round three, saying, I want Teddy yeah. these first two weeks. Then it gets a bit tougher. Can, can you make that move or not? The fact that they looked rusty in that trial, mm. I, it gives thought to maybe just missing him, but it, it's James Desco and he's... He's a gun and he has Super been for such goal. a long time. Yeah. Mm. I'm probably I'm probably just gonna end up giving it and just buying the bullets, sticking with the crowd because it might if he if he goes one thirty against the um, Dolphins round one, mm. everyone's captained him. Like it, it can put you a long way behind. You don't want to start from behind. And that's that's sort of my mentality with this whole preseason is I'm trying to mitigate risk. And when I see Teddy at forty percent owned, um, with the Dolphins and You're the Warriors. You're playing with fire. Yeah, and as much as I've I've had Drinky in my side for quite a while, and if you actually well, Drinky's first two aren't they're not great. They're not the best games. Like the, he's got Canberra and the Broncos. The Broncos can easily beat them, and I don't know. I just think you start Teddy, and then you flip him in that buy, depending on how he's going. Like if he comes out goes one fifty, one fifty, one ten, I think you keep holding him through the buy. Well, look, my thought process is if in round one. And two, I think if Teddy scores 50, 60 more points than Drinky and you did go drink water over Teddy, I think you're cheering. Mm. But the chances are Teddy could go huge in that game. But, yeah, I think he, he, he might be someone that I'm just going to have to plug in yeah. and I think everyone will. Mm-hmm. On the manly side of the ball, quite opposing, they looked great. Oh, yeah. Man, manly, and you sent me your team after this game and you, you had Kelma <laughs> Tulang and you had Ruben Garrick. But they got that round two buy. <laughs> yeah. And, oh. and you, you know, everyone's going to have a buy eventually, and we don't want to read into the buys too much. But how, how many manly players can you have? And because we get the option, we get another week to look at them. We get another week to look at someone like a Kelma Tulangi because he looked great in that trial. But. Well, this is the we, perfect we, it's question. It's a bit of an unnecessary risk, I yeah. guess. Well, this is the perfect question for me because, as you said, right after this game. You oh, had them all. <laughs> You had them all. I had, yeah, I had Schuster, Tom, Garrick, Kelmar, Kepi. And I was like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just take the, take the hit in round two. And then I started having a look. What if I have to take Tom out in round two? Let's just have a look at um, what sort of players I'm playing. And it, it looks bad. I was David Mawale deep into my team. Yeah. And you just can't do it to it's yourself. It's a risk you don't need to take. Yeah. Especially when you get a look at someone like Kelmar and he looked great. But at the same time, he's been known from what we've seen of him at the Tigers to sort of fade in and out of games. Work rate hasn't always been great. Mm. I think you just got to have a look at someone like him. And even with Garrick, yes, he could come out and go 80-80, but it's not going to kill you. No. He's not going anywhere. No. I, I don't see a world when you can have more than three players. I think three is definitely that sweet spot. Because Tom... 
Oh, I Tom, think you have to have him in your side. You have to have him in your side. It's just, uh, yeah, you can, you can easily start with him. He's not going to be there round one, but you don't have to. You could. And then... Kepi's the other one. Kepi. If, if, he, if he's named a lock, he's probably locked into some good minutes. Starting DPP. He looked the, the good. The duel's important as well. The duel is very important. He got that. I wasn't that interested before then. But now, now that he's got that... It adds a lot of flexibility. Yeah, big time. Yeah, he's um he's pretty much walking in my side. So that's 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 three already, including Schuster, but that's a bit of a maybe. So I don't think I can find room for Garrick or Kelmer. As much as I'd love to have one of them in my side, I just, I I just think, can't do I it. think the bigger problem is you can't fit in Garrick and Valentine Holmes. Mm. And at the end of the day, Val on that draw, you're probably just going to... Stick yep. with the crowd there and go with Holmes, I guess. Well, I played around with it, and to fit him in, you have to sacrifice a gun to RF, which is, in my case, for Feeder or Murray, which... I think that's important, especially with all these mid-ranges that we're going to talk about later in that position. not all going to do well, yeah. You, you want to start with a couple of those guys that you can potentially see the one who goes really well, and that potentially could be Kelmer, mm. and then you move down to him from there. But, I'd, yeah, you don't want to sacrifice someone top price for... Garrick in a team that we haven't seen be successful in first grade mm. in 12 months. Yeah. So, and the other big question, obviously, is Schuster with the calf injury. He won't play round one. They've got the buy round two, likely back round three. Mm. Do we think we don't overthink it and just start with him? Just so we're on opposite there? ends here because I think you just put him in there, don't overthink it, just get him in. We plays round three. I did want to have a look at the draw in their round three, four, five, because they play the Knights in one of those games, and I think he's a very good option to play in that. But the other two, you sit him. So it's like he's not going to be in your 17 either way. He's basically bottom dollar. I'm just yeah. put him in at 5'8". I, I have no, in, no interest in anyone else at 5'8". So. You've got to have him when he's because he's, he, he's not staying at that price. There's going to be at least 200K in him. At some stage this season, he's going to be in everyone's team at some Mm. stage this season. But I just see it as a potential for a bit of a free hit. Mm. Take take a shot or potentially take someone that could be huge. The first price rise for Schuster's round five because he comes like three, four, five. Yeah, before round six. So you've got five weeks at a Ponger or Brimson whose first five weeks are great, and you also have a chance at a two RF. And I, I just think it's probably a trade well worth spent. If you think one of these blokes, which I think Brimson, Ponga, they do have monster ceilings. You might have swayed me. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough because... I just say it's only one trade. And this is, this, this is my argument with Ponga. It's only one trade. We don't have to get him in then get him back out. We're getting him in with a great draw or Brimson at fullback. We're getting him in with a great draw and they got five weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think in over five weeks... There's got to be one of them that has a monster ton in there. Yeah. There's got to be. Yeah, it would be. But look, that one's a tough one. That one's a tough one to think about. Yeah. Next game we have is Souths versus the Dragons. And this one, <laughs> this was not a good game to watch. This no. was this was Souths' dominance and it was all stuff we've seen before. Cam Murray was great. The left edge was great. Latrell was great. Souths start off tough like other than Paris South have got they've they've got the next toughest Mm. but we said this with Troll last year when he he had that really tough draw ahead of him Mm. I think me and you both said we can't do it because they've got too many tough matchups we didn't get him he went mental Mm -hmm. 
there's every chance he does that again to start this season with that tough draw. Does that draw matter for a guy like Latrell Mitchell? Ultimately, no. Souths are that fucking good. They just, they'll just kill you. They, as soon as they're inside that attacking 30, it's so easy for them to score tries and Latrell is always involved. But... It's probably the price. It's probably the price. Price. Now. And I can't go past... You can't go past Turbo. Yeah. And you're probably not going to take him over Teddy with those first two games. So I don't, I don't think it's as much Latrell that we're missing. Like, it's, it's not Latrell we're saying, no, we don't want Latrell. Mm. It's, I probably don't think we can miss Tom or Teddy. Yeah. I mean, very easily, Teddy, if he goes ballistic those first two games, makes a bit of money, you can swap him to Latrell pretty easily. I know we were looking at swapping him to Drinky, but you can pretty much get away with him to Latrell straight swap in round five or six. Mm. You're going to get take that hit with no no uh, no Teddy in that buy, but I think it's genuinely a, a good move. And Latrell is just the guy who I never own, yeah. and it kills me every year. And Souths are just so strong. It, Souths are a team I've never really had too much super coach stake in. Well, you owned Latrell his first year with Souths. I you? did, yeah. And I had that, a, that year. Yeah. He, he wasn't great. No. <laughs> I had him in the center wing. He was center wing duel. And um, he had one, one big 140 in there. But um, The rest he was... It, oh, it was terrible. The rate was low. <laughs> yeah. And then now we sort of look at him now and think, you know, he's, he's a big guy. He can't do that much. But if, whenever, whenever he touches that ball, he's such a weapon. He, he could go big on any given week. He could like, average the most out of any player in Supercoach. For sure. For sure. Pretty easily. And... That's why I think you get to have him at some point. And I think that point is after Teddy makes his money. And then you can even make, you might end up making 100K off that trade. Yeah. Where you can upgrade elsewhere. Because we're going to be looking to make these upgrades. And I just think you go Teddy, don't overthink it. You can go both, but I wouldn't want to miss Tom. So I'll just, Tom, Teddy, don't overthink it. Teddy down to Tuttrell eventually. If Tuttrell kills it, you know what? Teddy should be killing it too. So yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not too stressed. I'm not sure I ever see Trell in my team this year, but I would love to, but I don't know. We don't know what's going to unfold there. The other one who absolutely brained it, and it's no surprise, Cameron Murray. He's yeah. he's just different. Oh, there's no player in the NRL like Cameron Murray. He's 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 a freak, and I I I get starting with him at that price, but I. Don't envision what he did to the Dragons happening at all during their first couple of months because as good as a player he is, he might bust through a line against one of these top eight teams that he's going to be playing in his first couple of months of football and he might have a big 80-90 in there because he's going to play big minutes. Mm. But if I'm starting with Cam Murray, I'm expecting that 70. Yeah. I, I don't see Cameron Murray having that game like he did last year against the Warriors where he tore them up through the middle and went 120 or something. I don't think... If you're starting with Murray expecting a ceiling... I don't think you're going to get that early on in the year. But nonetheless, he's, he's, the floor is so high and he's going to play big minutes with that draw. Well, I think it works this other way too. If, if, you're, if you're fading Murray, you're expecting him to get 70s against these teams. You're not expecting him to get... If he goes 50, then you've absolutely nailed it. Oh, yeah, for but sure. But you're expecting him to get 70s and then you're expecting to get him eventually. You're, you're going to have to target him. But Murray is a guy that has to come into your side. Yeah, he point. will. And I don't think he's going to get away. At 750k, priced at what a 76ish average. Yeah, around 75. He's not going to get away from you at that price, and no way. Yeah, he, yeah, he's got a very tough draw. He might still jag an attacking stat. He might he, go 100. He will. He will. He will. It's, he's that good. He will. But I just think the way that he 
made that St George middle look like an under twelve side. It's it's not going to happen often. He's thirty percent owned too, which is very interesting. That shot up after that game. He was in oh, the twenty. Sure. And he, yeah, well, he, he looked amazing. Like oh. I, I can't fault it, but I just think if you're expecting that type of attacking output from him, it's no. it's unlikely. But when we look at the St George side of things, <laughs> Sloan looked all right. Let, let, like yeah. we, we we both. Uh, I don't think either of us would have had Sloan <laughs> in our side at all through the preseason. He looked no. right. He got some. He got through some work. So with Sloan is, yeah, he 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 has a lot of explosive attacking plays, but. One, he can't defend, and he makes stupid decisions, drops bombs. So I don't think his his spot is secure. But they've got no one else, and they might just have to put up with him. They, oh, I can see them putting him by there. Yeah, they know. could. Really they could can. easily. But if Hook gets the sack, Hook's the worry. If Hook gets the sack, they bring in a young coach who's like, let's just develop this talent. Let's just we're going to come last either way. Let's just Look, get all the young be kids. The best thing for him. Yeah, which that that would be good for him. In that case, we can look at him later. Round when run by, we get a perfect. Just we'll just sit back and watch him. Yeah, there's there's no chance he's there. I just wanted to point out that he didn't he didn't look that bad. He didn't yeah. look as bad as he has looked at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elsewhere on the Dragons, not a lot. There's there's not much there. I've got down Murdoch Masillo was on the edge. I like tackle him. busted offloaded. Yeah. No, I like, like Murdoch in, in theory, he looks good. Yeah. But it's the Dragons. He's down ha- if he's playing, say, 50 on an edge for the Dragons, you, you, you don't want to do it. No, right? And, like, but realistically, can we look at it and say he's going to play 80? I don't think so, but well, that, that, that's a wait and see. I don't know if you're starting with, in your side with Ben Murdoch Masilla. I think I am. I, I think he's DPP. He got through a lot of work on the weekend. I, I, he's in my side at the moment. And pending TLT, I think he's going to stay there. Well, that's the thing. We don't see what happens round one with the Dragons. We that's true. We, we don't get... And that, that's what I'm thinking... Especially if we do get a few nice little FRF to RF cheapies, I might just wait and see with that. Might use him as a downgrade later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah it, it looks like it has potential there, but otherwise for the Saints, there's not much doing. No. Um, Captain against them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like they, they look like they're going to get a lot of points. Yeah. So they're definitely a team you want to be captaining against. This one, I wouldn't say it was a surprise game, but Penrith St. Helens... I'm going to start with probably the guy we were all watching mm. the, the most in this game. That was Luke Garner. Fuck, he didn't look good. There wasn't a lot to watch, really. He took <sighs> not many runs. A handful. Like, I, think, I think it might have been three hit-ups. I think it was three. Yeah, three hit-ups in the 65 minutes I got down. Like, yeah. Nah, he, he looked so uninvolved. He had a HIA in there, but... Um, Still... Decoy, decoy. We, we were expecting, we weren't expecting him to be Viliami Kicker. No. Like, we'll, we'll start with that. There was no way Luke Garner was going to become Viliami Kicker. We we're expecting on that left edge, while Tana May was there, which he will not be for the remainder of the year, and Tungo Luai, we expected Garner to have some looks there. Mm. And Kicker, obviously, last year got put in good situations. He was wrapping around a lot with Tungo running decoys and stuff. Garner, he just. They didn't look like they wanted him to have the ball, and it didn't look like mm. it did. It looked for good reason that they didn't want to have the ball because he he looked like a bit of a non-factor. Yep. And with Garner, I think I think he's really good for Isaac Tungo out wide because he's going to be in that kick out kick out sweeping role now. Yeah. And Guru made this point at the very start of the preseason that it's actually really good for Tungo. Not that I can go there at what six thirty k. Um, it just there's better options, but. It is interesting to see how that left edge makes up, and 
it all looked a bit clunky. I think you've got to wait on Gunn now and watch. If, yep. if he does turn it around and plays well first few weeks, bring him in. But I don't see it happening. I honestly see Zach Hosting. Mm. Zach Hosking, sorry. He's better. Starting ahead of him. He's, he's probably a better footballer. And I think with time, even Scott Sorensen, I know he's great off the bench. I just don't think Gunn is going to hold that spot. Mm. Well, his ownership dropped from about 30% down to 19 after this game, so that sort of shows... Oh, yeah. A lot of people would have had him straight out of their team with that. Yeah. Um, the other thing for Penrith, their play out of nine, mm. it was poor. Mitch Kenny was very poor, and it, it looked awful. With the pack they have, like Fisher, Harris, and Leota, they're probably two of... Better props in the game. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're elite through the middle. They've got Zayo playing mm. first receiver there. Through, it, it normally... Is like clockwork, and it, it looked it looked pretty awful through there. Yeah. And so I got down. Obviously, we didn't see Sonny Luke there because I think there was some injury niggle. If he, I don't think he'll start the year um, playing over fifty minutes off the bench. I think Kenny will start in that role and play the first half an hour, or whatever. But I think potentially down the track, I think Sonny Luke is going to be playing big minutes there because I think they're going to have to. Yep. I don't think they can allow Mitch Kenny more than twenty five minutes a hooker. I think Mitch Kenny's a front rower, really at his best, and that's what think, we've seen him yeah. last year, is playing middle, getting through work like like how Ruben Cotter does. Because yep. that's the that's the that's the modern day front rower. Gus Gould said it said it last night on his podcast that he, Mitch Kenny is, is probably best as a front rower. And in that case, Sonny Luke could make could play a massive minutes. They actually had a, a few guys impressed in the, the trial against Parramatta too at Hooker, but they're not quite NRL ready. Yeah. And Sonny Luke's very small. I don't think he's an 80-minute hooker. Definitely. He, and he never will be. And that's, that's not what we'd be expecting from him. I'm um, not interested in this Penrith hooker um, conversation personally because I don't really want to target either Luke or Kenny. I think they both have too many question marks. I think, I think hooker's pretty straightforward this year and a lot of people don't agree with me. I'm just locking in Grant and Cheese and just going on from there. I, I, I don't see it here. Sonny Luke's very cheap. He can make your money. But where, where does he peak at, at 450k? How do you get the grant from there? It, it's tough. It, it is really tough. Unless he, unless Sonny Luke pulls out a, a ton, which I just don't see happening, I, I find it very hard that you're going to be able to get to grant from him. I think just start with grant. Don't ever think it. Yeah, I, I can't argue that. I just think with how the nine play looked, I think Sonny Luke will be playing mm. a bigger role throughout the season. And we will see people that go towards that option. Probably not for me either. No. The other big news, Taylor May out for the year, ACL. Are we expecting to see Taruva on that left wing? Well, yeah, and I, I think there's been a lot of discussion about this, which I think it doesn't matter. We, if, we get, if it's Taruva, then that's amazing. If it's McLean, we have an extra 750k to play with, and I, I, I'm not too fast. Whoever's there is straight into your side. You don't ever think it. And the other thing is how does this affect Brian Toto? Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. A lot of people are saying Toto possibly moves left. I don't see no. him moving to the left. No, I think both, that's wishful thinking. Yeah, we're both on the same page there that in the World Cup challenge, um, it was Taruva who went out to the left wing. Yep. Toto stayed on the right. I think they like Toto and Crichton as a combination on the right edge. Yep. And who can blame them? They're tight as. They, they score tries together. And I don't think Toto plays left wing. I just don't see it happening. Well, as... Continuing on with Tyler, as good as he looked, I've got down, he, he ran 24 times. He's, mm. he's going to, the base is going to be huge. Oh, yeah. And I see why people want to start with him, but I just don't think he's going to score enough tries there. And I don't, I, I got him in 
around midway through last year. I think he scored a double against the Warriors. It, it, it went well. I got lucky with it. But watching him on that right edge, there's not a lot of opportunity there because I was really locked in on him. He On that right edge, I don't see enough upside there for, mm. for, me, for me to start with him personally, but I do get why people are interested because he, he's an absolute workhorse and he's probably the best winger in the NRL. Mm. There's probably not much to say with Cleary. Don't overthink it. No, get him in. Stay with Cleary. He, 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 I think he scored well. I think yep. the scorers Captain. had him down to 60, 70 in a horrible yep. outing for their team. Personally, if I do miss Teddy, which I don't think I will, he's going to be my captain round no. one against the Broncos because he will score no matter what. He's gold. Get Cleary in. Don't, don't even It's don't not even a question. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, a question no. at all. The next game, Brisbane, North Queensland. This one, probably the one that sparked a lot of interest from this game was Pat Carrigan. He got through mm. a lot of work and mm-hmm. he's been getting through a lot of work for a long time now, like... Oh, yeah. He's probably a very underrated player, and we don't give him enough credit. If he's playing more than 65 minutes, do we think his floor could be high enough to take him over someone like a David Feeder around a similar price? Ultimately, yeah. Well, Carrigan's a great option. You can see his ownership's gone up to about 20%, which that turns me off it. It's not a pod. Like, he's not much less owned than Fafita, so I'm personally not going there. Mm-hmm. But... That floor is amazing. He he has some of the best base numbers in the whole in the whole comp, and there's no ceiling for me. Well, None at all. I yeah, mean, that, that's the thing. It, you're not going to win Supercoach with a Pat Carrigan. For me, you can't have him as your sole front to RF. If for me, he'd be if I've got Murray, I would probably go Carrigan over Fafita, or if I've already yeah, got Fafita there together with that floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you pair him together. Carrigan's not my main guy at two RF. Yeah, for sure. Because for me, he ca- he can't be the highest averaging two RF. No, I don't see it happening. Whereas no, with Fafita, no he could easily do that. Murray easily do that. Angus could easily do that. It's just I don't see it there for Carrigan. Even Nanai could do that for the first six weeks, which I, I, Carrigan's not for me. The 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 appeal, and I looked at it. He doesn't have that buy like in his first two That's months. That's true. He's, yeah. he's going to play every week there, and he's probably going to give you sixty five a week. <laughs> at the same time, though, I'd. I'm in the same boat. I'd take Fafita yep. over Carrigan because you're just not going to get that much out of him. The other thing from this, Scott Drinkwater looks good. Yeah, our guy, Scotty Drinkwater. Um, last year, I want him. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> last year I bought him in at 1.2% ownership. Well, he's at seven at the moment now, six or yeah, seven. Yeah, he is, yeah. And he's one of my all-time favourite Supercoach players because he got me basically back-to-back tons at sub-3% ownership and... Um, I love him, but he's not dual anymore. He's not 5'8". 5'8", how perfect <laughs> is that right now? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Imagine. But, um, yeah, no, not, not for me with Teddy and Tom there. He's an option if Teddy doesn't brain it. I'm, I'm still doing, 50-50. Yeah. There's another option where you go you go Teddy and, and Drinky and go Teddy down to Tom. Well, when I, Teddy was, has I was kind of hoping for that reason that Tom wouldn't play round one, <laughs> just to make that easier, make the decision for me. But Tom will be there round one, and he's got to be in your side. They went to America. I remember when Trell went to America. Apparently, I was watching. Um, I was listening to Gus Gould last night, and when um, Tom went over to America, they actually found that it was a um, it was a mechanism problem in his ankle that was causing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the sprinting hand- technique. Yeah, it's actually his technique. So if that's fixed, the hammy issues might be gone. And all of a sudden, Tom becomes probably the best player in Supercoach again. 
I saw the same thing too. I don't, I don't know how much you can change his running technique. Because no. I think another guy we looked at that's sort of the way he's ran has caused him injuries throughout his career is Teddy and those knee injuries early in his career because he's an awkward runner. And Tom's sort of the same thing. I don't know because I was, I was watching the video on that too and yeah. how that knee sort of um, protrudes in and it, you can understand how it's all happened and I don't know how easy that is to fix. Hopefully he has fixed it. Hopefully he will be fit. But at the same time, if he goes down with a hammy in the first couple of weeks, everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's got to get rid of him. Yep. So you, you can't miss that. Yeah, just start with him. Doggies, four pines, 3 p.m. round one. We're obviously both dogs fans, so that's going to be a tough watch for us. But um, he's a pod captain option, Tom. No one's talking about it. But I think, he, I think he'd go 140 there, four pines, very easily. Personally, I'm not going to do it, but he's, he, is, he is an option. Well, 2021, Turbo's yep. year, it, it didn't really help me at all. But the first week he came back, I got him in, I yep. captained him, and he... He went. He's your he guy. Went massive. He yeah. went. He went one ten in about sixty minutes. There, it's got similar vibe here to people <laughs> are sort of saying, "Oh, I don't know. Like he might not, might not fare well like health wise." If you do it and he goes one twenty plus against the dogs, which it could happen. Like, oh yeah, that's big. Oh, he's scary. You just got to have him. Yeah. Don't ever think it. No, he's he's one of the best. I'll keep saying that. Don't ever think it. Drinky's great, but just just go Teddy Tom. The next game, this one was very interesting. There was a lot of things to watch in this one. The Storm Warriors, I watched this intently, and the Storm early, they they weren't great. Like no. at the start, that first twenty minutes, I was looking, I was like, Grand eight hundred K, he he looks like any other hooker right now. However, they came around, they got it together. The biggest thing from this game was probably those back rowers, and we watched Liero and Katoa pretty intently. Mm. If you could only start with one, who are you going with and why? Well, this is, this is a very interesting thing I wanted to talk about. I don't know. We, you and I, have been on Liero pretty much all preseason. Low ownership, cheaper. He's more locked into AD. Owned. He's still very, very, very lowly owned. He, um, he's, I think he's more locked into 80. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. But I think Katoa offers so much upside. We saw him score a try. I think they're going to use him more. Because I think Munster likes to either go himself or go out the back. I just I'm leaning towards Katoa for that upside, and right now he is in actually in my side, and I've gone him over Liero, but it's a flip of a coin. Well, really the thing is. that I'd say just with that try that Katoa scored, that was from somewhat broken play. It was Munster coming across the field, yeah. and it was good seeing Katoa sort of play a bit support. Yeah. He ran a good line. But at the same time, I don't know how many times this season we'll see Katoa and Munster link up. But like his work has got to be done with Jerome Hughes this year yeah. for him to get those attacking stats. But at the same time, I think I'm leaning towards starting with neither and just having a look at both. Yeah, I want to see how Tarek Sims fits into that picture. That's and definitely I'm, fair. I'm probably just going to have a look at both because when I get one in my side, like we've both had Liero a while, and I'm just thinking. Katoa could be better. Mm. I, I'm like, could I have both? But I'm just going to start with neither. Yeah. See what it looks like and take it from there. Our man up next. Murad Nekore. Yes. Fuck, he looked good. <laughs> like, I was watching him when he started on that edge. He looked dangerous. Yeah. And I know we've always, like, we've always clowned the outside SJ talk with Jack mm-hmm. Murchie. Yes. Like, like that in the past. <laughs> but the difference is Nekore, he's, he's a talented Oh, footballer. my God. He looked so good. He played the first 20 minutes on that right edge. Josh Curran came onto that right edge and Nia Corey moved to the middle for the next 20, but he didn't play the second half. And this is 
all these mid-range back rowers, they all have a red flag. And Neocore's is that we don't really know what his role is exactly going to look like there. Mm. Are there too many mouths in that Warriors pack to feed for Neocore to really brain and be a gun? Because I think he's got the talent to be. But with blokes like Curran, Jackson Ford, Tohu's lock, even blokes like Bailey Sirenen around, like, are mm. there too many mouths around in that back row build for Neocore to really be of substance in our teams? Well, yeah, there is a lot of people there. But I think Neocore is their best forward, maybe outside of Tohu. I think I think he's an absolute gun. He's, his stats, you can't, I'm not even looking at his stats at Para because... You can't take much He from played him. middle, he played centre, he played all these different roles. He's been Mr. it there. I think he, he, he's an absolute gun. and I think they have to have him out there, 80 on the edge. They might not, but... I don't think they will. Yeah. But I think if he can... If he can play the first 25 on an edge and then sort of play the next 30 in the middle, I'd be happy with that role. And he's someone I believe I'll start with. Yeah. I've got enough faith in him to really... So well owned. I think sometimes you just got to back the eye test and go with the talent. And yep. out of all these players in this price range, I think Moran Neokore is the most talented there. And I think he's the best player in that pack. Yep. With Neokore, he's my he'll be starting in my side for sure. He's low owned too, two percent. Very lowly owned. And if it doesn't work out, Katoa and Loyero, they're both they're both same cheaper. Price or cheaper. Yep. So you just flip to them. Kelmatong is one K more. So like if it doesn't work out, you're gonna be okay. You're not you it's just a trade. But I think the upside's there at the ownership. And if he can jag one, he um I love him running upon. I love that. And in that twist, first 25 minutes, I can see him. He runs a Tiri round stat. two as well. Yep, getting attacking stats, moving to the middle next 30. He's already on like 30, 40 odd, and then pumping out some real work through the middle. Yeah. And if that's the case, I think people might be jumping on him come round three for that first price jump. Especially if Garner doesn't work out or um, one of these guys, the mid, mid-range Wilton doesn't work out. They're going to be straight on near Kore. But we're already going to have those two big scores against... Well, hopefully. hopefully. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it doesn't work out, we're going to be okay. If it does, we're going to be ahead. So near Kore is in my side. He will be there provided he starts edge round one. Yep. Yeah. Will Warbrick, he looked like a storm oh, yeah. winner. He looked like a weapon. He looked like one of those blokes that they just... Pluck from the air mm. and is just. What's with the he's, storm? He's an, he's an athlete. Yeah. What's with like, the storm and finding these did, wingers? Did you see the try that he scored? Yeah, he yeah, ran yeah. over about five different blokes, and I'm thinking, this guy's going to play on the edge, Bellamy. He'll take that wing, and he's he's just a guy that, like the Vunavalus, Corbettis, mm-hmm. Xavier Coach, just those big bodied wingers. They just that bring it, him in. They're just weapons, and yeah. I my question is if he is named on the wing round one, which I expect he will be. I think I'll play him even against Parrot. I don't. I feel like he just has tackle busting potential, and I just wouldn't be surprised if he crashes over. And depending on how much depth you have in your centre wing, if you're sort of got to pick one of those cheapies to play, Will Wilbrick might be the one because he's an absolute stud. Well, my thoughts on centre wing in general is that it picks itself, provided all these guys we won't get named. Like we got yeah, Alamotti, Wilbrick, Campiera, Campiera, Chance. Yeah, you, I think sort of one of Chance or Tommy Talao, Tom, everyone will yep. sort of go and then towards Thompson. Isaac Thompson, yeah. Yep, and then you just go Val. And that, yeah, that's pretty that, much that's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. The thing is you're going to have to play sort of one of those cheapest each week, but running them on matchup, I think I'm oh, fine with Taruva, that. Oh, and Taruva, obviously. Taruva, yeah. that's, that's yep. a seven, yeah. Yep. yeah. 
I think it picks itself, and I think Warbrick straight in. You can e- you can easily play him. I don't think I will just because there's other options. But you could you could you the could definitely there. play him. Um, Tigers Raiders, absolute bloodbath, and the <laughs> the Seb Chris at fullback. That's a whole different story. I don't know what the thought was there for Sticky, but. The Tigers didn't look great early. Canberra scored no. first. Dewey made... He was trying to force things, I feel. He was doing a bit too much, and he looked average early. And he had Asuka Poa in that back row. Yes. And then Tommy Cloud. So I thought that was odd. Sean Bloor came onto that right edge, and then he was a different player. Adam yeah, Dewey. exactly. And that's also a testimony to Bloor, and Bloor's always been a gun. We've known this. So um, I, hopefully he can, get, he can get a bit of a role there. Or will it be Bateman? It will be Bateman out, out on that right edge. Well, yeah. Well, I think Bateman's over now. Coming yeah, he won't now. be there round one, I don't think. Yeah, but I, yeah, but Bateman will get that yeah. edge spot, I believe, eventually. When he's there and you've got... I think Dewey's going to shine. Dewey, Dewey, Dewey's got to be in every team. He's not left my side since the thing came out, I don't well, yeah, think. Originally, yeah, originally I had Dewey and Burton. I looked hard at Burton Straw. We're going to talk about him later. Oh, yeah. Dewey's always been my side. He's always been yours, and you mm. just got to do it. I don't think there's much question there. Yeah. The other big thing is, do we trust Stefano Ooh. starting at the front? And for the rest, the way the rest of your team looks when Stefano is starting at front row, it looks great around him. But yeah, I'll, I, I'll I think we can too. Wishful thinking, we can start. I think we can now. Now that we've got Kepi there, and maybe a Ben Murdoch on the side. Bit of a safety blanket there with Kepi. Well, because we're not going Mawale deep. It's just the point. Like we're not, we're not, we're not playing a guy who's going to play thirty minutes off the bench if Stefano isn't there. Kepi will be starting. He may only average 45, but... You can plug him in. And you can plug in a 45 in front row. The other guy, I do like Welch at front row, but um, I just can't fit him in when there's all these mid-2RFs that we want. Like, well, I, I had a look at that, having sort of a gun like Tarpany at front row, Welch, and then Stefano, mm-hmm. and you just can't build a team around it spending that much money at front row. It's much harder, yeah. Because you end up leaving yourself short in 2RF, which... You don't want to do. Yeah. That, 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 that's the position of substance, I believe. And you've got to sort of go big there. But Joey Tarpany is he's another one that I look at and I think how well he played in 2022, that average, it's what he's priced on, it, it, it can get it can get very much better. Yeah, well he started the year slow and um what did oh average eighty five after sort yeah. of that first buy like We didn't did you ever own him last year? Um I think when he had the rib injury just prior to that, yep. I was going to bring him in. Okay. But then due to that rib injury, I didn't. That was the but week yeah. I brought him in, was the, the week he got in. Yeah, I think you, <laughs> you took him right in. But I just think the ceiling for him, he's he's the best front row in the comp by a yep. long way. And I think playing at 13, it might even increase his minutes at touch. He's like, got dual now too, which is hard to remember. It doesn't change too much for us in classic, no. but it's handy to have. I guess you, yeah. you know you're not complaining. I think he's the best front rower in the world. I think he's the best front rower for super coach, and he has you, not left my side. All if you season. are spending up a front row, if yeah. you're not sort of going with a Welch to final or something like that, and then Tarpany's probably your guy. Yes. I, I understand the Cotter talk, but I'm going to take Tarpany for what the seven. Yeah, Cotter's great. Cotter's great. I just can't fit him in. Yeah. And no. um, this next one was a tough watch for Ooh. me and you, the Doggies and Sharks. We looked good early. Kick out one over. We're thinking, here we are, going to take down a top four side in the trial. The Sharks just. Us. They, yeah. They were competitive for half for half the game. First half were competitive. Um, big talking point is Teague Wilton mm. scored a double. Looked brilliant. The left edge looked brilliant with him. The common sense thing would seem to be that Wilton plays big minutes on that edge, possibly eighty. 
but we see Wade Graham will be the looming on that bench yep. round one. There, there's no doubt about it. We just don't know what his role is going to be. Mm. Are you going to start with Wilton with Wade Graham on the bench? Are you, are you? Yeah, okay. So he's 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 been in and out for me, and don't tell the super coach whisperer this, but I don't think he gets 80 or close to it. I think Wade Graham's going to play 25, 20 minutes, which is it just sucks, but... He's a big leader in that club, and I think they like him. And I just will watch and wait with Wilton. And I think he's a really good player. I think he's got great upside, but I just don't see the AD coming through. Mm-hmm. I don't want a guy at 500K who's playing 65 minutes. Well, that, that's the thing. His ownership's jumped up to, uh, I think, 11 12%. Mm. Potentially yeah. nothing changes for him. Potentially, he has the same role as last year, and that average that he's priced on doesn't improve at all. And yeah, well, we you owned him last year as well. Yes, early yeah. on. I, I like, bought we, him. we both had him early, and he yep. went nuts early, mm. and he played eighty minutes early. I don't. Yep. I think Wade was injured. Yeah, Wade was hurt. Yeah. That that's that's the best case scenario. I don't know if we get it though. Yeah. Look, it's definitely one I'm keeping an eye on. If if the report comes out, he's going to play 70, 65 minutes. It's definitely one to consider. I just think at 2RF, there might be some better mid-range options. If we get Egan Butcher for the first six weeks... You'd, and, you'd rather Butcher. Oh, yeah, 100%. He played 80 on the edge in the trial. Like, uh, you can't go past him. But um, Wilton, great option. Just not, not quite in my team yet. They've all got a red flag, and that's his. Yeah, his is Wade Graham, who... Wade Graham's one of my favourite players... Ever, but he's he's so past it. He's, he, getting, he's getting on, and he shouldn't be in that. It's, it's, it's nothing against him because he he's a legend of that club. And mm. He he was he was a great footballer. He's so skilled for a back row, but it, the time yeah. for him to move to the middle is coming closer. Just depends if that is round one because that's what matters to us. Yeah, play him as a ball playing lock and off the bench. Just give him twenty five minutes out there, and that's 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 what, that's what he should be getting. But I just worry they're going to put him on that left edge with, uh, and it's going to eat into Wilton and. Scary. Um, have we overestimated the improvement of the Bulldogs? And I, I don't. I think this is harsh. The chat now that the dogs aren't aren't improved. Like it. It the the club has improved, but is it? Bert, Burton. <laughs> yeah. That that's the one, and that's the one that everyone's looking at. Hayes Perrin was before, but I think everyone's ruled him out. He looks awful. Burton, though, the draw's tough. That that's the reason we both originally sort of ruled him out of our own sides. We yeah. both looked at Burton and said, that draw, there's going to be too many low scores in there. And Obviously, the stat last year was 10 or 11 times he went under 40. I, I don't... He, he will have a couple of good scores in that first couple of months. Not enough to warrant starting with him, in my opinion. Well, we both had... Burton's left very different impressions in terms of Supercoach on you and I. I brought him in in round 13, and he averaged he over 80 for the next six, seven weeks. I, I brought sold him, him for the last month. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much sold him when you bought him. Because yep. I captained him against the Sharks and he went terrible and I was like, let's get rid of him. Let's bring in Dillbags. Dillbags brained it for me at the end of the year. But um, when I did that, it's pretty much two weeks later you bought him in and he went 40, 40, 40. Because he got cheap after that. He, yeah. His price dropped and I, I think he was about like 480K mm. and I thought, what's the risk here? Burton yep. this cheap. We saw what he could do earlier. draw was good. The draw was the, really good. The draw good. was great. It, it looked like a bit of a no-brainer. I don't yep. think he went above 50 again. No. <laughs> yeah, no. So. He's left very different impressions than us, but even then, even though he was so good for me last year, I'm not owning him. And I think 
come round three, four, he will be the most traded out player out of people's teams. And that's a big call from me. I think I think he will I don't, be. Know. I don't think it's crazy to say that at all. Yeah. I think in the first month, I wouldn't be surprised if you can get over 70 once. He plays Melbourne round two. And even Manly round one's not a great, a great uh, matchup. But Melbourne at Hamey in round two, he might go 30 in that game. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I think in the first couple of months, he will have a couple scores yeah. over 70, 80. Because he, he has those games. He's a great player. We, he's both one of our favourite players. Like, don't mm. get me wrong. We love him. But there's just going to be at least like a handful of occasions where he goes under 50 and that's going to even out to an average that you don't want to be paying. It's antipod territory at 30% too. Oh, definitely. Like the ownership's too high. Yeah. I'm not even considering it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I haven't considered it. And it, it kills me because I love Birdo and like I really want him in my team. But like it's just not smart. And I think a lot of people are reading into this dog's hype like, we we could sit here and talk to the, talk about the dogs for another hour, but um, it's a trial. Well, I thought we were competitive for the first forty minutes. We're gonna need time. We're gonna need time, and Berto, he's got that run which is super coach friendly. Goal kicks. He can't he can't kick very well, but um, it should be Flanagan. That's that's another that's a whole yeah. I we're not going there. Yeah. Is the is the ultimate decision. Yep, and the last game of the round was Titans Dolphins, and I think the first thing that we want to get out of the way. Any dolphins getting into your side? Any any potentially? Not any a dolphins? chance. Uh, Isaiah Katoa is one I want to watch. If at it, some point, it, I think it's going to happen sooner than people expected. I think he, Milford is terrible, and I, th- I think he, uh, Isaiah Katoa is going to be right in there. And that's another reason why I'm not going a second gun five eight because I want to have Katoa there eventually. Uh, obviously, I don't. I'm not like it's not good to forecast things, but I just think it's going to happen. I think he, he played really well. And I think Milford has just not got it. And it won't be long until Wayne says, yeah, get the kid out there. He's played in the World Cup. Yeah. He, he played in the World Cup. And, and he, he's a gun. He's yeah. going to be a very good first grader. But other than that, no. Dolphins, not a chance. Bostock's been, has, has, has he's, made he's himself on the team. He's not though, is he? I don't no, know. and he's also, there's, there's, we have a much better option to centre wing now. So. Yeah. Titans, though, they looked great. Oof. But how much do you make of it? First of all, Campiera, four tries outside four and looked amazing. Yeah. Get him in your side. You ever have to, if he's not the most owned player in Supercoach, something's yep. not right He there. should be. There's not much owned. you have to say about that. The big question's for Fida, and we saw a lot of ball go left. And I saw a lot of... <laughs> it was funny seeing the chat throughout the game. They're going left, Campiero scoring tries, and everyone's blowing up for Fida. He's yep. not going to touch the ball. You know, Probably the most talked about player in Supercoach. And then, then all of a sudden he picks up that ball that was dropped, runs 80 metres with it, and you pass yeah. it off to score. Got that, everyone's like, oh, he's, I'm like, he's picked up the ball. He's done <laughs> then that was a little wrap around on yep, the right side. That and that, that you don't want to read into one play too much because every, every, every preseason with Fafida, he has a play like that. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. like, fuck, Fafida does that. We have to have him inside. It looked good. Uh, is he going to get the ball in attacking situations enough to sort of regain that ceiling where he can go 120? Because we always say he can, but he hasn't done it much recently. Yeah. Is he going to get enough ball in dangerous situations to do that? Okay. So for Fida, I think he's the most talked about person in, in Supercoach at the moment. For the last few years. Yeah. Is he, is he going to go big? When do we bring him in? All this stuff. I can never seem to get it right. 2021, when he was averaging 85 to begin the year, I bought him in at top dollar and he wasn't very good from there. And um, last year, I started with him. He stunk it up. I sold him. Yeah. Everyone bought him back in. You can't get it right. And then he, he went 120, 120. He is just the guy I 
always get wrong. And he's in and out of my team all preseason. He's in my team right, right now. now. He's in. Yeah. I, I think we'll both start with him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it's going to go, but oh god, it's going to be a roller coaster. Yeah. We'll see how it goes there. I think he's locked into my side, and I, if, if that's enough to turn people off because I never get him right, um, then go for it. But yeah, he's he's in my side, and the the fact that we have so many options at back row, which we're going to talk about in a minute. That are around that mid 400 500k price range. If Fafita doesn't get it right, we just see a whole lot of forties yep. in the first few weeks. Well, round we one always and two. Can downgrade it. Round one and two is Tigers and Dragons for them. Tigers, he's gonna be running it with Brooks. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> IPAP's also there, but you know, I, you I like that. Brooks. If they don't target there, I think that, that's worrying. But the, 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 the fact that they drew, they drew up a play where he was out the back and tipped it on, very interesting. I think he's going to be used right to contract year. I'm all in on him, and I, I, just, I just don't see that changing. I think, he, I think he's locked in. It, round two is the Dragons as well. Oh, God. We'll, we'll know after those first few weeks whether he's actually yep. going to do this. And if he goes low those first two weeks, we sell him when he brains it, then fuck it. Like, what can you do? Oh, well, I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much. The other, the other guys from the Titans that are rather low-owned, first one I'll go to is Tino, so Malawi. Yeah. He, he, he looks set for a massive year. Like yeah. if, he's, he's a genuine front rower that could play like above 65 minutes a game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and last I, year, in not many minutes, he scored very well, very quietly. Mm. I, I can't fault you for starting with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in and out of my side. I really like the dual flexibility that he offers. I know, I know the spy's clean on him as well, which the spy and I seem to have a lot of these weird opinions that sometimes they work, but we, we, we tend to share them. And I think, I think Tino is, is a really good option in terms of um, the dual flexibility. He could, if he plays over 65 minutes. Oh. Could average seventy five. Yeah, it could be anything. You can't have him and Fafita. Yeah, but he he's a he's a bloke. We've seen him score doubles. Like yeah, if yeah. you have him in, he plays sixty five minutes. He's going to base seventy something, and he scores a couple of tries. Like he just has that massive game in him that no one else in that position has. Yeah, and Verils is really good for him. Yeah, I Sam, Sam Verils is a great. He player. hasn't had a um. He hasn't had a proper walker. Yeah, well, I can remember him with Cam Smith the year where we had him as a cheapie twenty twenty. <sighs> How good was that? Where Cam Smith well, was just putting him over. To be fair to him... Farrell's isn't Cam Smith, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, as good as he looked in that year with Melbourne when he was cheapy for us and absolutely went insane, it's not to say that he's sort of regressed from that at all. No, he's, he's become he's one of the premier front rowers in the comp, and he's young. What, 23, 24 years old, he's, he's the captain of the club. The other one is AJ Brimson, mm-hmm. who... Yeah. The price tag. I love if, if him. It, if it wasn't for him being 670k, the ownership is very low. He could be anything. And if I can find the money to fit him in, I might do it. Yeah, I think after his buy in round five, he will likely be in my team. I think he's an absolute gun. Like, he's their guy as well. And it's almost like the opposite of Fafita. Where with Fafita, we have to worry about him getting ball. Brimson gets the ball three times a set for them. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it's just really good. The usage is great. He's an absolute gun. The talent's there. Yeah, right. Like, and the draw, the draw to start, and that's the, that's first what, two what games. I was talking about Schuster before, like how we can sort of have a look at someone five weeks, take a punt. Brimson might be that guy. Well, he might go one twenty, one twenty, but then he plays Cowboys in Melbourne. Yeah, that's the thing. That round three yeah. and four matchups are the tough ones. Yeah, 
And they're the one, because you've got to think, he plays the Tigers round one. I think one. historically, though, he's, he's gone all right against the Cowboys. Yeah. I haven't looked at it. I think he averaged like 65, oh. 70 against the Cowboys. The Melbourne one's the one that's probably worrying. He'll get it. If, if, if they score a try, he'll likely be involved with um with Brimson. I think that's, that's probably a fair statement. He'll likely be on the end of it or setting it up. And the round one against the Tigers, this is a really important fact about Supercoach here, is that we that scores only in his rolling average for a couple of weeks instead of staying in there for two price rises. Mm. So if he goes one twenty there, then goes eighty, forty, sixty, he's gonna start losing money. Yep. And I just investing the price tag. I can't do it. You have the buy in round five. You look after that. And he's an absolute great pod. I love it, but not for me. It won't be surprised if we're sitting here. In Four weeks time and he's gone 120, 120. We're like, how do we get Brimson on our side? But it, it gets, it's, it's a few weeks yeah. where it could not hurt you, but just no. hinder. It's not for me. That momentum there. I love him, but yeah, no. A different time of the year where um, they've got another good draw. I think it's around six, seven sort of area. He might be in my team. But there's also Dylan Brown on the horizons there. That's a long way away. Yeah. I won't start with yeah, him. You, you can't look that far forward. It's good to look forward. I to can't that. knock you for starting with him, though. It's sort of what I'm getting at with those first yeah. two games. Yeah. You, you could, can captain him. Could, could be anything. You, you could skip you, you him. Could, you, you could definitely skip him. So, he plays the last game of the round in both those weeks. You could skip him. Yeah, well, so that's all the trials wrapped up. And we're just going to go on to a bit of team strategy chat just to finish off. And... The, the glaring point for me is these mid-range back rowers. Yes. I've heard guys say, start with four or five of them. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you, have, you do have the opportunity to do that, I yep. guess. I've also heard guys say, don't start any of them. Start with guns like your Murrays, your Tinos, your Feeders, and have a look at who goes the best out of these blokes and go down to them. But... Just rattling off, we've pretty much spoken about all of them. Teague Wilton, Nia Kore, Eli Katawa, Liero, Garner, Kelma Tuolangi, and then the one that we haven't really spoken much on, Egan Butcher. Mm. There's a lot of those guys there. And you've got to think, out of that, what, seven? There's going to be at least two or three that should play yeah. pretty well. So let's break this down. There's, there's red flags with all of them. Wilton, you've got Wade Graham looming. Nia Kore, we're not sure about his role. Katawa, Tarek Sims is looming. He is a bit of a glass like a loose cannon. He 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 can go he can go high, he can go low. Bellamy probably won't like that he's pretty error prone. Mm. Well, error, I don't like the upside. Like there's not a lot there, I don't think, in terms of try scoring. He doesn't run that hot that hard line. Yeah, I think that, he, that, that's the thing that yeah. watching him, oh, I thought I thought he just doesn't look dangerous. With it's the a little ball. bit, yeah. He's just a he, bit, he gets through his work and he just looks a bit. Yeah, know. mid really. Yeah. In all honesty, like it's it's not for me. Garner. I've ruled him out. Egan Butcher's the interesting one. Egan Butcher's very interesting. Like, if, if, if we, and we don't know what's going to happen with Angus, and, you know, we all hope that he's back and playing footy as soon as possible, but, but potentially, like, from Supercoach ramifications, we've got to look at it. If he gets six to eight weeks on that left edge back row, like, he could be the best one out of these. But I think the big question is, what is your strategy going to be here? How many... Yep. Guns you're going to start with at 2RF and how many of these mid-rangers do you okay. plan to start with? So I want one gun and I've, at the moment it's for Fido. It's been Murray at times, but I am waiting for Fido there. I want one gun to anchor it and if they go badly, then I can, um, I, I mean, I guess if a Fido gets injured or whatever, I can flip down to one of these guys. Yep. I want one gun. I want Hopgood. So that's two well, yeah. spots out of the way. I think I want Dory if he's there. 
So that's three spots. And you've also got like a Kepi, Murdoch, Masilla yeah. in there too that you can sort of flip up. Or Braden Miliami or something like that. Yeah. There's, there's, there's DPP players there. So probably another cheapie. And that leaves two spots for me to either go two mids, a gun, another cheapie. So guy I've looked at is Jackson Ford, who, um, you know, 280k. He, he looks to be starting on that edge. Oh, I can't support Jackson. Probably, probably a watch and wait, but I could go him and a gun, or I can go... Near Corey or an Ellie and an Ellie Katoa or a Wilton and a Liero, an Egan Butcher and a Liero. And I'm leaning that way. I want two of them. And my plan is to go one that I can flip to another one if they're killing it. So near Corey, I can flip to Liero or I can flip to Ghana or I can flip to Kelma Tulangi if near Corey doesn't do well. So near Corey's locked in my side. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same. And then to partner him up, at the moment, I've got Ellie Katoa. I'm looking Wilton personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm looking at him. He's not going to kill me if he plays 65 minutes. Like, he's not going to hurt like some of these other guys possibly could. If Wade Graham does play on the edge, I get a look at Katoa, Liero, possibly Garner, Kelmatulangi, and then I can sort of drop. Mm. That's where I'm thinking now, but yeah, it's a tough one. I think I like Butcher more than Wilton. If Butcher starts. Well, yeah, if Butcher on. starts, yeah, I, I agree with I that. Think Butcher, Butcher probably will be the guy then in that situation. Yeah, right? Like,. If Angus ends up missing six weeks, which is what the original report was, I still think he's I think he's equally as likely to miss six weeks as he is to be there round one. Like I I can I can see him being there. He he's back at training. But anyway, if Butcher's in that side starting edge, you can't you can't fade it. Like The The next question I think is around ooh. at this at this stage, can we be planning what we are going to be doing in round three with trades around the buyers. Like people talking about Cleary in round three, possibly flipping to Nico there. Yeah. People talking about Teddy flipping him around the buy. Like do the I think I personally very strongly believe if you're planning this stuff, not everything's gonna go right. You're gonna have to make trades. Yeah. And you're gonna get to round twenty. What we've we got twenty seven rounds this year. Mm. Yeah, we've got a few more trades, but you come to round twenty, you got you're gonna likely have handful of trades left yep. in the last seven rounds and no boosts boost is a massive thing and um if you're putting out you got to have to put out these fires let's say it's cheap it doesn't work out you're gonna have to flip them to someone else so not only do we have to put out those fires if you're planning on going clear to Heinz, then Heinz back to cleary or sam walker start with him then go but then go to cleary then go to Heinz. like it's just well, i don't think we have that luxury we don't have that luxury and you're going to be end up burning through your boost you're going to be behind on trades especially where we have each team is on by each week mm. how if many points p- do you win from going those guys like not much, not yeah. much. Uh, i can't i can't get it like i can see if you've got one big move like one thing but i think if you're looking at every team and you've got five things written down like i'm planning to go here to here to yeah. here that's five trades and you're going to have, you know, there are going to be fires you have to put out and you're going to end up in a poor position later on in the year. So yeah. personally, I think you can't be planning that type of stuff. My big example here to prove why we shouldn't is, think about Nico last year, is no one really thought we're going to have to get him. Like, we, we were all like, yeah, he's probably going to be good. He's a good player. He's going to be okay at the Sharks. No one was expecting for him to emerge as a must-have. And we were all scrambling. People were trading out Teddy to get to him. People were trading Sam Walker, who we all thought, you know, will finally turn it around. And there'll be players like that again that we will yeah. be scrambling to get to. And that's when you're like, oh, well, fuck, I don't have Nico in my team now. Yeah. Or I don't have Grant in my team now. And how are you going to get to him? If you're busy putting out fires and planning these trades, 
you're going to fall behind. And you're going to miss out on players that do yeah. brain it. Happened to me last year with Hines is I didn't buy him until the Warriors game where he went ballistic, which was not until about round 11. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. I was oh, off yeah. him, off him, off him. Because I, I, I stuck by Sam Walker. And you've, you've got to be perfect around that. If you miss yeah. something like that, you've, you, the you rest of win. your side has to be perfect to sort of keep up. If we're trying to, road to rank one, we're trying to win this thing. There's no real possibility of that when you're scrambling to get in must-haves four weeks after they've already scored their big score. Yep. It's just, I think you just have to go in with an open mind. You have to adapt to the competition. You can't be out here without a Heinz Grant, without a Cleary for long periods of time. And especially to start when these guys don't have origin. Yeah, they have early buys, some of them, but there's no origin there. You just get them in there, they'll score you 150. No one else can score you 150 other than your gun fullbacks, your Cleary Hines, your Grant. Like, just get them in there, don't overthink it. Tanner Boyd, he's not for me. I'm not going anywhere near him. I've seen the appeal. But how do you get up from Tanner Boyd to Hines in round five? You're sacrificing you you a gun. And, and I, I get that the draw looks good in the first, what, 10 or whatever for the Titans. Or, but it's hard to read into the draws too because we don't know who's going to be. We have an idea. Like, obviously, the good teams will probably remain good. But we don't know if Think teams the Cowboys. like the Warriors, like we, they, they potentially could, you know, take a step forward and... Yeah knuckle down the fence and I just think you don't want to read too much into and try and outthink the room. Big time. Just early in the year. Lock in your guns. Yeah, lock in your guns. Get all the good cheapies. There's no need to overthink it and get in 1% pods at 650k that just yeah, they, they, they might they might net you 100 points over the the, um, the popular option but like there's no need to take that risk if it doesn't work out. What? But Greg Marju, yeah, he's got great base. He can score tries on that. But what, edge. what are you gaining if he goes 80 80? Yeah, right? Like, you're, just, not, you're not gaining that much there. Like, yeah. I, I can't do it's it. It's not worth the risk, that type of stuff. No. And the risks, you, it's all about mitigated risk this, uh, this start of the season. You, there's just no need to take it on that. Same with Tanner Boyd. Let's say round one, he has a shit game. Which he could very much not be playing round two. Toby Sexton has potential. We, we go back. 12 months ago, Toby Sexton... He seemed like the future. Yeah, people were locking Toby Sexton into their sides for Supercoach even. Like, yep. you, can't, you can't forecast these sort of things that could throw off these, these risks that we're taking. Um, but we do have to take risks. You do. You, don't, you, don't, you have to win Supercoach, you do have to take risks. But you've got to be smart with them. Now's not the time. I, exactly. don't think, I don't think now's the time. Now, just to finish off, we have some pod players Ooh, that you'll be yes. going through. So you've got a couple here if okay. you just want to go through yeah, them yeah, and yeah. just put them out there. So, um, yeah, so I, in Supercoach, on the SC Hub, I'll um, maybe once every couple of weeks, all of a sudden I'll be like, what do you guys think of this guy? And last year it was Scott Drinkwater at 1.2% or Matty Burton at, at sub 3%. And I love my pods. I like, I like mid-season pods that people can just fall behind really easily on. And, and that's, that's what Birdo and Drinky were for me. But um, a few guys I just wanted to talk about is, is Murray Talangi. Is, um, he, for the Cowboys, um, that draw is ridiculous. We, we've all got Val. You, you saw I had him in my side of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weeks ago, like. he, deserves, he deserves way more attention than what he's getting. He's at that 5%. He's a great player. Which I, I, thought, I thought he was lower than 5% because I've heard no one talking about him. But um, with, with, with Val there... 
inside him, and Dearden likes a cutout, Drinky out the back likes a cutout. He's a great option. The base isn't great, but... Um, I was thinking about him, though, because I had a look, and the Cowboys, as we said with Drinky, their first two matchups aren't great. No. Nah. But round three and four, they've got a couple good ones. I think the Warriors are in there. Dolphins is around that time. Yeah, I think the six, Dolphins yeah. might be around that time. But in round three, when I believe he plays the Warriors, I had a look, and sort of like the captain options in that week, I think Hines is at Canberra. It's not great playing mm. away at Canberra. Cleary's on bye, obviously, in round three. Teddy's um, at Parra. Dewey is at Belmore. Mm. Um, I think Melbourne were playing a strong side that week. The, the captain options are going to be pretty slim that week. So I'm thinking a guy like him, if if you had him, not, I'm not saying captain him, but if you had him and he scored three against the Warriors on a week where there's not many great captain options, that ton, oh, yeah. that's potentially game-changing. And that's just, It's a risk that... You probably don't want to take early on, but he's a great player. You can. You can't knock it. You can't knock yeah. it. Yeah. Um, he, he looked like a really good option for parts of last year. And I, I remember um, someone on the Discord brought him in and he stunk it up. Like, wasn't scoring tries at all. But I don't see how he he'll, doesn't. He'll go, he'll go through patches early on. Yeah, yeah. He'll be scoring tries. I don't think that's a question. But he, the thing is with him is he might go not too well the first few weeks. Maybe only scores one try in those first two weeks. And then he At might that. go hat-trick. And then he might not score, but then he might go hat-trick again. You've just got to get those right matchups, And it's not just about the team. It's the edge that he's coming up against. That Dolphins right edge defensively looked terrible. You yeah. play him against them, he might score three. But you might play him against... Uh, well, they've got, what, those... The Raiders and Broncos yeah, first like the, couple. Like, he might... Raiders, for example, terrible... Well, not a terrible team, but not, not a great team. But their right edge defensively might somehow be good. You know what I mean? Like you, it's not just about the team and how they're going on the ladder. You want to look at the it's specific matchups. matchups. It's the same with um, our idea with Nia Kore, is he's running at Ponga and Luke Keary, small fellas. He, he, might, he might run straight over him and score a try. But the Roosters and the Knights, well, the Knights aren't a great side. But the Roosters... You, you wouldn't necessarily look at the Roosters and go, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the matchup I'm looking at. Like you sometimes have to narrow that down for sure. Yeah, we get um we get sort of infatuated with these these great matchups, but you've got to look deeper. Yep, yep, for sure. Big time. And then the other guy I wanted to talk about is he absolutely clowned the dogs on the weekend. Yeah. And if Wilton's playing left edge back row and there's no way Graham to stink it up. That left edge. Talakai draws so much attention. Kennedy loves a cutout to him. Moylan likes that pass. Over the top from Hines. Is Ronaldo Molotalo, a guy who I owned last year, scored me plenty of tons. He, he struggled at the end of the year. Yeah, but, he did go low, but... But he, he had some good games. He has big ones. His base is solid. I don't think I've seen a guy who will make so many like, line breaks during a game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like just on the edge of, in the back of shape. He just He's always through. He might not even score off him, but he's still getting those 15 points for the hit-ups, the tackle bus, the line break. Take nothing away from him, though, but sometimes it just looks like he's just there's no one there. Like they create yeah. that overlap so easily. Sometimes yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just running straight through, and it's, it just looks very easy at times. That Wilton's the key, and the other guy is in the same boat as as, as Ronaldo here is is uh, Talakai. Talakai averaged 100 with Wilton in the back row last year. It's only a small small sample good sample. He runs sample. good lines, Wilton. He does, and he, he creates that space. And Wade Graham doesn't. So if Wilton's there. Hard to go past those Sharkies left edge. Yeah, there could be anything there. I really can't good. do it personally with, with, with Val walked into my side, but they're very lowly owned. Yeah, you can't and knock it. Recall last year, we had Ramian, T 
Talakai, Ronaldo, Katoa. They averaged over 60, didn't they? They absolutely smashed it to begin the year. Every one of them was averaging over 60. Yeah. And it can so easily happen again. you just got to guess the right one. One might go average 80 for the first six weeks. The other one might average 45. So if you can get that right one, mm-hmm. you're going to be ahead. And I know the draw doesn't look great for them. Mm. But... They're good side. But they could be the best team in the comp. I think they, I think they can easily be the best like, team in the comp. The way they just ran all over us after that first 30 minutes. like They, they looked like a top two side at least. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that, that could be anything there. But that will wrap us up for this first podcast of Road Sorry. to Rank 1. Um, thank you all for listening. And we will be dropping our podcast, as I said, every Wednesday following Team List. So we look forward to Team List next week. Yep. Biting at the nail for that. And we will see you all then. Yes, sir. See you, Birch. All right. Have a good one.